Boy, um, we talked about in Sunday school today that there's a book in heaven with names written in it. It's the Lamb's Book of Life. And we want our name written there. It's the thing that we'll want to know when we die. So um, that and then also is somebody else's name written in the Book of Life that we love, that we have been around, and that we had an opportunity to influence so this is an old hymn. You guys know it. Anytime you want to jump in with us, go ahead. John's updated it a little bit. When the roll is called up yonder. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time will be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share. When his chosen ones shall gather, hold their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll labor for the master then from dawn till setting sun let us talk about his wondrous love and care and when all of life is over and our work on earth is done when the roll is called up yonder will be there when the roll is called up yonder when the See you there. <laughs> Thank you, John and Mary Lou. I, one of my favorite songs. If kids want to come forward, uh, Dandy had helped me think of a wonderful idea earlier this week for the children's sermon. And real early this week, then I forgot my props. So we're going to use... An electrical cord. <laughs> Thought about using my belt, but then my pants would fall down. 
Uh, so I need not kid volunteers. We're not going to use kids for this. We're going to use a couple adult volunteers. Maybe a tall one and a shorter, not short, shorter person. Men, preferably. I do not want to hurt any ladies. How about Josh and Josh? Would he be okay with that? Or Chris. Chris and Josh. Or jo Okay, Josh and Josh. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so... Do you guys, hey, do you guys know what a three-legged race is? <laughs> All right. You don't work very well. All right, <laughs> here. One of you guys want to kind of, don't hurt yourself, just, you can take it one wrap around. If you want a belt instead, anybody got a belt that your pants won't fall down? That ain't going to work. Oh, <laughs> all right, here we go. This will be better. We could get somebody to uh, race them. You, you're not. See, my belt would probably go around twice. Oh, there we go. Now it's really tight. Okay, you kids know what a three-legged race is? Okay. So we're not going to have you go run real hard. Uh, but there we go. All right. See, Okay, let's see if they know what they're doing, and then we can give them some tips. Okay, kids? All right. Let's see how well you guys walk to the back of the church. All right. All right. All right. Come back. Is there any tips as you want? Let's watch their form. Okay. Let's see if you can go a little faster. All right. All right, you can un wait, 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 let's see, let's try that again, I'm going to help them out, okay, I'm going to help them out, all right, let's go, go ahead, oh, I was that harder, Josh and Josh, <laughs> was that harder when I was pulling on you, now if we were looser, if we were looser, you can take it off. And, and Josh, number, I don't know which number are you. The better. The better. The short. The short. <laughs> if he was kind of slacking off and Josh, uh, the taller, was going forward, it would put a big kink in it, wouldn't it, kids? It would be hard, right? So at home you can try this. What did they have to do together? Or what did they have to do? <laughs> huh? Teamwork. That's a good word for it. Teamwork. They had to go together. Now there's a passage here, Matthew, made me think about this, is a lot of us don't know what a yoke is. Okay? For oxen. Do you guys, you kids know what a yoke is? Egg yolks. We know what egg yolks. I'm talking about... A yoke that you place over the oxen and, and they pull the cart or the plow. You know what that is or that looks like? It's a lot like a three-legged race. They have to work together, okay? 
They have to go together or it puts a bind in it. And so Jesus here in Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the picture here, kids, is number one. There's a lot we can learn from that passage, okay? But the one thing I want you to learn is that you should walk with Jesus like Josh and Josh were walking together. Does that make sense? Like a three-legged race. That you're tied to Jesus. Which means, okay, Laney, come here. Which means that you're not pulling Jesus back, okay? You try to walk. And you're not going like this, okay? You're not being hesitant. Or you're not going like this. Sorry, is that okay? You all right? All right. So you're not, you're not going out ahead of Jesus, and you're not falling back and just letting him drag you. Does that make sense? I mean, it's okay for the Lord to, to take us and carry us. There's a lot of good pictures there. But that's when you're walking hand in hand with the Lord Jesus. Okay? What you have to do is go to him about everything. What you need to do, okay, is talk to Jesus about everything. And ask Jesus about everything. And seek to do everything Jesus' way. Does that make sense? Okay, is that simple enough? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these kids. We ask that you'd watch over them, bless them, strengthen them, that they would be sensitive to your leading and that they would be fully willing to walk with you or follow you, Lord, in the sense of, of being there, doing what you ask them to do. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would just guide them, help them to have um, the right sensitivity to your leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, kids. All right. It would have been a lot more fun if I could have tied up a bunch of kids and made them run through the church. Um, and kids, as you go back to your seats, I do believe that this, this passage works nicely with what we're going to talk about in the message today, okay? Would you turn with me to John 14? John 14. Now, while you were singing some wonderful songs, thank you, wonderful songs, I was Looking, I don't know where our Christmas props are, but I was looking for a belt or something from the Christmas <laughs> props. And I was upstairs, and I saw some of our Easter um, decorations. And we have not at all gone through the full scope of what I want to go through about um, the stage is set or setting the stage. That is, viewing the world through an eye of seeing that God is still working and there's something greater coming and more trouble too. Um, but I want to bridge the gap back to what we had originally began here at the first of the year uh, when we were talking about Jesus is life. 
And in all of this, as we look at what Jesus did at his first coming, as we look at uh, end times, as we look at present day happenings and how it relates to end times, as we look at everything together, we can ask ourselves, what now? How do I apply scripture? How do I apply um, the things that are taking place into my life? Before we get there, I think it's very important for us to consider how we could be excited and bold to do what God wants us to do where he has planted us here today in our generation, where we live, in the families we live in, in the communities we live in the jobs we may have, what does he want us to do, what are we to do, simply put, let's walk hand in hand with our risen Savior. There's no clear cut answer in the sense of the pastor standing up here and tell, telling you that every day you need, to, you need to go out and talk to so and so, you know, John, your friend, and and Albert, your neighbor, I don't stand up here and tell you that. You know your neighbors, your friends, your family better than I do. We know some clear-cut commands, but some of the more specific things, I can't stand up here and tell you, hey, this is what you need to do. You need this week to go encourage so-and-so. And there's there are people that maybe we should say, hey, this person needs prayer for, and some of us need to go visit them. Okay. Hopefully we can do that more and more. It's still a little, hey, who, who needs to hold back because of COVID and who can we go visit? And I think more and more we're able to go minister to them in person. Um, but what we are to know is that we have to rely fully upon that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that we're sensitive to the needs around us and we know what, what we're to do. And sadly, as a pastor, there's oftentimes I miss those little moments of the Holy Spirit's guiding, saying, hey, why don't you call, or why don't you go visit? And then the next week, I think about it, or the Lord puts it on my heart, and I, I realize, oh, I missed that last week. And before you know it, it can be a whole year later. <laughs> so we need to be sensitive, then we need to be excited, and we need to be bold, we need to be, um, we need not to put it off. And as we get into the passage here, John 14, I think how we can continue to have this excitement is not just, you know, looking here at John 14, the night of the Last Supper, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, what we call the upper room discourse, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, remember what he gives us to do is not burdensome. But if we're holding back, it's going to be hard. It's going to be wearisome. If we're striving out and going before the Lord, that's going to be also just as wearisome, just as difficult. So I want you to first focus on what the Lord has said to you and why we could be excited and, and bold about um, what the Lord has given for us to do in the day and age we're in during this difficult time. 
And so uh, John 14, 18, I've referred this to this passage, and maybe even I've preached on this um, last fall, but John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You know, I, I love the Gospel of John and First John, and, and one of the things that we learn in First John is that we are to, to know him intimately, but also there's this, this word that comes up over and over in First John, it's remain or abide. And that, wa- that is to just remain in that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Walk with him hand in hand. And so, um, the challenge today for us is that we are to be excited and bold knowing the lo- that the Lord is with us. Okay, forgot I put that there. All right. Be excited and bold knowing the- that the Lord is with you. Uh, There are three crucial reasons why we should be excited and bold. And the first is because of his resurrection. Because of his resurrection. And his resurrection here in that verse uh, 19 gives life. Because I live, you will live also. And we could have said here, his resurrection means life. And it absolutely does. Because he is alive, we know we have life in him. But he gives us life, not just through the, the, the penalty he paid upon the cross to, you know, giving us that salvation and thus eternal life, but because he conquered the grave, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It speaks to this. John or Romans speaks to this. But here we find the word orphanos in the Greek where we get orphan. Um, there's some translation, you know, about he will not, uh, I forget what the word was, but here it, it really does mean we're, we're not bereft of our parents, our father, or even of Jesus. He has not left us. And really, if we're to do good biblical hermeneutics, who's he talking to here? His disciples, right? In the night of the Last Supper. And so he's telling them, that he's going to go away. He will go away. And so here, specifically in the context of this passage, is that Jesus is telling them, I'm going away, and all along he has told them that he is going to die. If we were to look at verse 28 and 31, through 31 here in this passage, it says, well, let's start at verse 27, Okay. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you for the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me 
But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commands, commanded me, get up, let us go from here and here. The upper room discourse continues as they're, they're as they traverse across the Kidron Valley as he goes to the garden where he's going to pray. These last two verses point us in the direction that he knows and he's told them several times, not just on the night of the Last Supper. I'm going to die. <laughs> I've, I've, God the Father has a plan and I'm going to obey and I am going to fulfill what I have come here for. So I'm going away. So it's speaking of his death. I leave you peace that the world cannot or does not give you, he says here. And remember that passage in Matthew. The peace that he leaves, the world cannot give. And yet here, they're facing something that's very difficult, very hard, and I'm sure they're not wanting to say, agree with the Lord Jesus that he's going to die on the cross. And they didn't know possibly exactly how it all was going to entail, but that he was saying that he's going to go away. And he's speaking to his death, and he says, do not let your heart be troubled. And that refers all the way back to John 14, 1. When he's already speaking about going away. And then he talks about the, the, the future, that if I go away, I will come again. Right? That he's going to prepare a place for them. And he says even in that passage, if he goes away, he will come again. But he's saying in here in verse 27... Don't be fearful. So when we look at this, he's going away. Could it, it obviously, yes, it is his death and, and scholars, Bible scholars also talk about, well, he could be talking about his ascension too. And I, I agree with both because here we have a picture, especially in John 4, the beginning of the chapter 14, he talks about coming again. And so we know he died on the cross, he was buried on the third day rose again, and he appeared to them, and what a glorious time, but that was ever so brief, even if it was several, many, many days, right? Several weeks. Because he ascended to the Father after that, that's a much longer time, but I think it would have been very gr grueling, right? Waiting, not knowing for sure if Jesus will do exactly what he said he would do. Come again. Back to life. So I believe it mean, refers first to his death and in the far distant future to his ascension and therefore his return. And, and in this passage, there's a lot of discussion about the Holy Spirit coming, the, you know, the upper in the upper room discourse that Jesus will be sending the, the Holy Spirit. And because of his death and his burial, his resurrection and his ascension, the Holy Spirit would come. We'll get into that in a minute. But the church would begin on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes. But Jesus promised he will return again. 
couple more verses pointing to this. Because I live, you also will live. Praise the Lord. John eleven twenty six. I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, I love Romans 5, 8. And I'm, I've, you know, I've been kind of windy this morning. We're already burning through our time here. But 5, 8 through 11. Romans 5, 8 through 11. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's his death. For, <laughs> for who? Us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. Yes. We are saved through his, his precious work upon the cross. But it goes on, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He wasn't done. It wasn't done until he rose again. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. That being placed in a right relationship, justified, being declared righteous. Man, powerful words in, in Romans. But because he lives, we also shall live. Because he lives, we know the penalty that he paid upon the cross is sufficient. And we all know that. Pastor, you're speaking to the choir now, all right? Let's move on. But because he's alive, not only do we have eternal life, we have hope of his return. So be excited, right? Oh, not only that, but his second coming, we won't get into that. I wanted to, but we're not going to. We'll speak of it a little bit here shortly. But the real point here is because Jesus lives, we have life. Because Jesus rose from the dead, death has been swallowed up in victory, and we, we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. And we are not presently alone in this fight. We are not presently alone in this fight. This life that we live. And this life that we live, there's going to be sadness, but we have victory. Victory in Jesus. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Right? We started singing some wonderful Easter hymns this morning. But we are excited we should be excited. We should be bold, knowing the Lord is with us. And how is he with us now then? Well, let's talk about that here briefly. But remember, Jesus said, my yoke is light. My burden is light. Let's walk with him. The second reason why or how we can be bold and excited is because his Holy Spirit is present. His Holy Spirit is present. So in the same passage here, he's saying, I'm not going to leave you alone. Let's start at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This passage, the context is surrounded in following Jesus, walking with Jesus. And that 
causing us to love one another. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, Paracletus, helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so some, and I, you know, I don't think he's necessarily talking, even though it's in the context of this passage that he's talking about the, the helper coming. But yes, the helper did, did come to them on the day of Pentecost after Jesus had ascended to the Father. But we have the helper, the, the paraclete, the one who comes along. And that word means to called alongside to give aid. He comes alongside of you to give aid. Another picture of, of the Lord Jesus being with you through his Holy Spirit. And he may, that he, the Holy Spirit, may be with you forever. Forever. They were not left alone. And so, uh, there's a lot of notes on this. Uh, the wording here is, is why we believe that Jesus is referring not only to the present endeavor of Jesus dying on the cross, but also about his ascension, and where afterwards the Holy Spirit was sent to his church. And we also look at verse 7 of John 16, 7. John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the paraclete, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no, not, no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. He goes on to, to speak. And so in the upper room discourse, it is important, I think, for you to, to gain an understanding of all that Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit. It's fascinating. We're just touching briefly upon it. But it's important to remember that the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit in the upper room after Jesus' ascension. Not the upper room discourse, sorry. Don't get those confused. They're spending time with Jesus right now, listening to what he has to say as he prepares for his death, burial, and resurrection. And later on, after Jesus ascended into the clouds, in which he will come again in the clouds. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come. They knew not to run ahead of Jesus in his timing. And Lord forbid that they would stay back and hold off and not go in his timing. So they were praying, they were waiting. And the question is for me, Always, am I praying, am I waiting, or am I going on ahead without waiting on the Lord? I think I do that far too much. And then there's other times I'm just, uh, I'm not sure. First John 4, 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Now there, his spirit, praise the Lord, the helper, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth. Going back to our original passage here where we read in verse um, 
17, that is the helper, right? And he goes on, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, okay? The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit or have the Holy Spirit because they do not believe in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 9 says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. We are indwelt and sealed by the Holy Spirit when we come to Jesus Christ genuinely by faith. Right? We're indwelt. Now the feeling is, the feeling, not the feeling or the feeling tooth, right? The filling of the Spirit is different in the sense as you walk with Jesus, He will fill you with His Spirit. You will sense the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life. You will sense Him in your life. It doesn't mean that all the trouble will wash away. All the difficulties will go away. Sometimes being filled with the Spirit means you have great, greater endeavors to do, greater tasks, and maybe even that, that, that difficulties that you have, you'll be able to face them head on but you still have to face them. But he gives you the strength. He gives you the power. He gives you the peace in the midst of the storm. The spirit of truth guides us to all truth. Look at John 16, 13. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. And so again, he's talking to the disciples, but it's, it's going on into the teaching of the church, and it's here in the Word of God for the church to understand what was, the, what was talked about on the night of the Last Supper, what was going on, and what was relevant for them is for us as well in the sense that we know the Holy Spirit has come. We know that the Holy Spirit is the one that's there with us, helping and going alongside of us, that He's indwelt us, and that we are not left alone. And that the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus, John 15, 26. And the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, John 16, 8. Praise the Lord. We already read that verse, but it's important for us to understand. The Lord's given us the ability. The Lord's given us the power. The Lord's given us the responsibility to reach those around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's given us that, that responsibility of reaching them through loving acts of kindness. And he's given us it to us where we're not alone. We have the power of the Holy Spirit and we have the boldness of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is at work convicting the world of sin. And so if even we, if we fall far short of what we thought we should do, if we fall far short of where we think we should have been in service to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is still at work there. Trust in the Lord. Do your part, but trust in the Lord and walk with Him. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. And be excited. You know, yesterday uh, I was able to, I wasn't going to, but Dandy talked me into it. It doesn't take much probably to talk me into going fishing. But it's, you know, the week didn't quite go the way I wanted it uh, time-wise. It was a good week. But went ice fishing with my dad and my uncle. Dad got in a hurry and so did I. And, and we got our, our stuff all loaded up and headed across the ice because we're ready to go fishing. Then I look back, and Uncle Bill's still back there, and he's got the ice auger. What good did it do us to go on ahead of him, right? 
And we're just chomping across, you know, the slick ice, and we're getting out there. And there's fish to be caught. Well, we can't do it without Uncle Bill and the ice auger. Sometimes we are chomping at the bit to do service for the Lord, and we get out ahead. We're not going to get anywhere. You can flip that little lure on the ice all you want. You ain't going anywhere, right? You're not going anywhere. Better use proper grammar. Uh, but anyway, same idea here with a uh, three-legged race. Don't go out in front of the Lord. Go with the Lord. Don't hold back from the Lord. And that, and a better word for that is follow the Lord, his leading. It's kind of like a dance, somewhat simultaneously, right? Because if you're following the lead partner in a dance, you're going to be stepping on, on their toes because you're not almost simultaneously. We want to be dancing with Jesus. How about that? Right? You need to be a good dancer, fam. Dance with Jesus, following his lead in step, right? Not behind, not ahead, with the Lord Jesus. And if we want it, I want the Lord to tell me specifically, this is what I want you to do. And he does for some things, but others, it's not until the moment. And then it's like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm dancing with you, and we're going to do it right now. <laughs> no, it's usually, are you sure? Now, or we get all excited, we're going ahead. Let's uh, let the spirit of truth right there, folks, move on. Be excited and bold, knowing the Lord is with you. So that being with the Lord is crucial. Re His return means perfection. We only have a short time. Well, I'm not going to go through these, these verses with you today. Just powerful passage talking about um, not only will we who are the sons and joint heirs will be freed, but all of creation groans to see our freedom and theirs, the world's freedom from the curse, from, from this battle, and we'll be glorified. Jesus, and, and so I'm coming back to that verse, John 14, 18. In its truest context is speaking about Jesus coming coming back to them from the dead, coming and giving us the Holy Spirit. But also, and I love to see it, as we look at the end time, the rapture of the church, and a physical, eventual return, the second coming, where Jesus sets his feet on the Mount of Olives and makes everything right. We are not alone. Praise the Lord. You ever feel alone? We're not alone. We are not alone. And this, this battle that we're in right now, whatever form, shape it looks like, is significant. It is significant, but it is short. It is hard. But it is short. It is extremely difficult, but you're not alone. And so, family, I just want to encourage you today. Understand. His return means perfection and that, that it all be over someday. Praise the Lord. It is coming. We will be delivered from it. 
But now let us be excited and bold. Let's know the Lord. Let's, let's love him. Another word, abide. When you look at know, let's say abide, that intimate relationship spoken of in 1 John. Let's pray. Let's live walking daily with the Lord and proclaiming the message of the gospel. Okay? Proclaim it in what we do. Proclaim it in what we say. And just that image. I want you to have this image of walking with Jesus in a three-legged race. Or if for some of you guys, you know, who like to dance, dancing with Jesus through life. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We are so blessed to know that we're not left alone now. We have received your Holy Spirit because we have the Holy Spirit. We have you. For those of us who have trusted in you, truly believed in you. And truly, no one is really alone because of your omnipresence, Heavenly Father. But we thank you, and and we love you, and we thank you, Lord, that that you desire to use us in some way and in different ways and all very, very significant ways. Help us learn. Lord, you know how uh, I am very weak as a, a dancer, but you know our weaknesses and you can train us to dance with you in the best way possible to bring glory to yourself. Help us to be sensitive to your lead. And uh, if we desire it, help us not to be discouraged. Give us that boldness and that excitement to, to walk with you daily. I ask, Lord, that you would just continue to guide and direct each one here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we have some young fellows come up and we'll take up this morning's offering?